Welcome to The Pen and the Yod. Rabbi Michael Siegel of Anshayim at Synagogue in Chicago talks with author Jonathan Eig about this week's Torah portion of Shoftim, Aligning Judges and Judgment. Have you ever been called to testify in court? Yes, I have, actually. I've been a, a witness in a, in a, in a, a criminal case, and uh, it was very scary. I you know, had to stand up before the judge in the courtroom and all that and take the oath and, and uh, try to like remember what I had seen and heard. And um, I was, I was not happy to be there. But yeah, you went and you did it. I did it. I felt like it was my, my duty. Yeah. Well, you're to be commended for that. That's for sure. Did you have to take an oath? Yeah, I don't really remember it, but I'm sure I did. I wonder how you felt about that at the time. Oh, I wasn't planning to lie. So I think my conscience was clear. And so, you know, I feel like, um, the, the oath is an interesting thing, isn't it? Like, it's basically saying, okay, just, just a reminder, you're not going to lie to us, are you? But now, promise you're not going to lie. But if you're going to lie, why aren't you just going to be just as comfortable lying about the oath? That's a great question. And look, the reason for me asking the question in general is that we're in the portion of Shoftim, which is all about judges and justice, and has that, that great, great phrase, tzedek, tzedek, tirdof justice, oh, justice, will you pursue? So swinging back to your question, what's the purpose of standing in front of a courtroom saying you're going to tell the truth when you could just as easily be saying to yourself while you say it, but, you know, that doesn't mean anything. But what does your reputation mean to you? What kind of integrity do you actually have? Do you really want to be found out to be a liar if the truth should come out in a different way? It's an interesting question. What do our words and how do we value our words? What does it matter? And here you were saying, I testified in a criminal case. And when I asked you why you did it, you said, because it was the right thing to do. It was my duty. It was my responsibility. And so clearly you were taking that idea seriously. So taking an oath is a way of underscoring that idea that you are part of a larger process and that your words have real meaning and will have a real impact. I imagine that your testimony figured in somewhere in this case. I would assume it did, or else they wouldn't have bothered calling me as a witness. The question that comes to mind for me here when you talk about Shoftim is, you know, if we have the Torah and we obey the Torah, why do we need judges in the first place? Why are we having any doubt about how to behave and, um, and who's behaving properly? Why do we need humans to get involved in judging the sinners and the saints or the sinners and the non-sinners? Well, I think what the Torah is ultimately is a very realistic book. It understands that human beings are flawed, that human beings are going to make mistakes, and that there's going to have to be some sort of adjudication to strive for justice, to ensure that justice happens. That God isn't going to do it for us like everything else. We are extensions of God in the, you know, for blessing or for woe, for uh, negative outcomes. And so the, the portion of Shoftim begins, you shall put judges and officers in all your gates that the Lord your God is giving you. So you might say, well, once you have these judges, then you've got nothing to worry about. But then the Torah goes on to say that these judges will judge the people with justice, as if to say there are other alternatives. Judges can favor one witness over another. 
ultimately, this has to be a sense that you are part of something larger. You have a responsibility, not just to yourself and your own integrity, but you also have an ultimate responsibility for God, to God in this process. And I think that this is the underlying principle of justice from the Jewish perspective, that there is a God and God takes an interest in this. And if you pervert justice, you're not simply putting your own integrity at stake, but because you have now assumed a role of judge in the community of Israel, you're also besmirching God's name. I think that's kind of the underlying principle of this, that it's not just about you. It's not just about me. It's not just about my opinion. It's not just about this situation or just about this person who I may not care about or might not like. It's about attaching yourself to a higher sense of justice that ultimately has um, import for the community itself. And gosh, I mean, living in the city of Chicago and seeing how justice can so often be perverted, I think we can see how relevant this law can be. Yeah, but this is where I'm getting stuck, and maybe you can help me get unstuck. We have the Torah, we have the rules, we have the ethics, we have the moral principles, and now the Torah is saying, well, you, you need judges, you need humans to decide who's doing right and who's doing wrong. But those humans are also flawed, so don't forget to really be just in administering justice, because if you don't, then, you know, we're back to square one and we're all flawed. And it just seems like a cycle of failure. And we've certainly seen in our own attempts to administer justice that, that we fail quite often. You know, the police, the courts, none of them are perfect. They're all filled with humans who are just as flawed as the rest of us. I don't, still don't really understand what the Torah is trying to tell us by saying that we need a flawed human system of justice. It's so interesting to listen to you speak about this because it's as if justice is perfect in and of itself. There is no such thing as perfection in a world where human beings are, are human. What I think Judaism acknowledges is that we are limited Human beings are limited, and we are going to make mistakes, and justice will sometimes not be what we want it to be. And what we have to do is to work that much harder to try and arrive at a just place. I think that what we're talking about here, an evolving process of doing better, of doing better. I'll give you an example. Reparations. Mm Mm-hmm. Should we, as a country, give reparations? Is that going to create some justice in what was an unjust system? Or is this just a political exercise, as some would claim? In other words, does the corrective, and reparations, I think, is represents that idea of being a corrective. And here in Evanston, you have the first community that is taking on the responsibility of reparations. And what I think they're attempting to do is to create a corrective to injustice. Yeah, and and one of the common criticisms of of reparations is that there's no way to do it effectively. There's no way to to accurately represent what's been lost. And I see what you're saying here. That's that shouldn't be the point. The point should be making an attempt to to correct our mistakes, making an attempt to be just, and that we don't have to find perfection. We just have to do the best we can as humans. Well, I think there's also another argument that people are making for reparations, which is that it is an acknowledgement by the country 
that a great injustice occurred. It's like Yom Kippur for the American people. It's a way of saying, we're not going to overlook this. We're not going to say, well, this just happened. We're going to acknowledge the injustice of it, and we're going to attempt, if not totally repay the loss, at least acknowledge it in a meaningful way. Well, that makes you know a lot of sense to me, and I, I think it's pretty hard to argue with that logic. And, and maybe that's what we're getting at when the Torah says that justice you shall pursue. Um, the key word is pursue. You don't have to always attain it. It's an ideal, um, but you have to at least pursue it. That's exactly the right understanding, that, that you have to be chasing it. And we're not just doing it on your own behalf. You're also doing it on behalf of God. And this opening salvo, this opening command, ends in a rather ominous way. It says, justice, justice, you shall pursue. And then it continues, so that you shall live, and you'll take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you. As if to say that the very ability to attain the land and to live on it without being expelled is going to depend on whether or not they create a just society. And how do you create a just society? It's not my opinion or your opinion. It is a society that aligns with the the laws of God. And what we have in the Torah is a blueprint. It is the guideposts to creating a just society. Ultimately, it won't be just unless we create that sense of justice. And maybe taking an oath, maybe making yourself aware that justice is literally in your hands and in your words, maybe that will make a difference because we, uh, we have, we've got a long way to go here. Yeah, and I like what you're saying. That the oath is not merely a threat, but there's a reward. You shall you know, take possession of the land. You, know, you act justly. If you pursue justice, you get to live in harmony, and there's a reward at the end of that. The other thing that we know is that countries that practice injustice ultimately fall. Right? They lose the support of the people. And when the day comes, when the people can revolt, they do. So I think it's to everybody's benefit to follow the words of the Torah.